and welcome to From the Newsroom, the semi-weekly-ish podcast from the Holland Sentinel Newsroom, where we talk about all things going on in the Holland area. I'm Managing Editor Audra Gamble, and today we're joined by podcast newbie, our, our business reporter, Cassandra Lybrink. Very excited to have you, Cassie. Thank you. So um, today we're talking about a, a story that really has consumed quite a bit of your time Yes, <laughs> for the last couple of months here, and... Um, you know, sometimes we like to call stories like this an octopus story because they have a lot of tentacles. They go in lots of different directions. We follow them for a while. So walk me through a little bit just kind of the basics of, of what's been going on with this this ongoing saga of a Holland restaurant owner uh, refusing to abide by the, the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions from you know, local health department and, and the, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services restrictions in terms of, you know, mask wearing, social distancing, sure. no dining, uh, eating, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So in November, the uh, order came down that restaurants would need to go back to no dining service. Right. And, you know, I think the first time around, we, we sort of, it felt inevitable. Like it was only a matter of time before someone decided, you know what, we can't, this isn't sustainable, like we need to open anywhere. Sure. Yeah, which we saw earlier in the summer with, you know, barber shops and that right. sort of thing. Sure. sure, like we saw people say, you know what, I can't operate this way. And so, you know, eventually happened um, that second time around in November. Um, so Marlena's had closed the first time around. And, and, and where is Marlena's, to, by the way? Yeah, so Marlena's is on Lincoln Avenue. So okay. it's on the south side of Holland. Um, and so it's over that county line into Allegan County. And it's it's kind of a breakfast lunch situation. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yep. yep. It, it's it was the salad bowl and then they changed over to Marlena's Bistro and Pizzeria, but it was the same owner both times. Okay, and her name is Marlena Pavlos. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Although married name, but yes, Marlena Pavlos. Okay. So can you walk me through a little bit just you know, sort of briefly the timeline of how we got from from November to today, where mm-hmm. she was in court. Yes. So it started out actually with an email, uh, several emails that came to us saying, hey, you know, this restaurant's open. Um, and the first time that we ever really wrote about it, it was December. Okay. Um, before we really became aware that, oh, hey, there's a restaurant still operating. Right. And so... And we're talking, you know, packed place for breakfast yes. on a Sunday. Oh, okay. for sure. Yeah, and, and I think, honestly, it, it only grew in popularity from there. As sure. people found out that there was a restaurant that was, you know, going against the regulations and people were like, oh, there's somewhere we can eat inside. But it became very clear, you know, we did our, our first drive-by to take a look and kind of see what we were, you know, dealing with. And there were these signs on the door um, that was our first heads up that, like, this was, you know... More like, than just yeah, like right. it's more than just hey, we we need to stay open. We can't afford not to. This was like, you know, it's not. It's against other people's constitutional rights for me to tell them that they have to wear masks or social distance. And so the sign basically says like your health is your responsibility. Um, we don't enforce any of the of the health department codes or the governor's codes or anything like that in terms of COVID. Now, something that I thought was super interesting about those signs is the the owner of Marlena's stated on those signs that the, the executive orders and the um, emergency order from Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, not only was she not going to enforce them in her place of business, but that those orders were, in fact, she said, infringing on her constitutional rights as a business owner. And she also mentioned that 
she believed those orders to be an act of domestic terrorism. Yes. Which is, that's a statement. That's it a is. strong statement. Absolutely. Yes. So she, and, and what she what she posted is actually not an anomaly. It's uh, what she posted. It comes from this, this far right group called Constitutional Law Group. And it's, it's run by this man named Rick Martin, who is not in any way an attorney, but... But um, claims to be. Claims to be, yes. Right. He claims to be a constitutional yeah. lawyer. But, but this man does not have a law degree as, as far as we've been able to tell. No, he right. does not have a, a law degree, is not part of the bar. He just... His organization is basically, you know, we're fighting for constitutional rights. We don't think that any of these pandemic orders are okay. We think everybody should just be open. Right. Um, and so that was the the signature on those those forms was constitutional law group and then Rick Martin's information. Um, so there are there are some um, some falsehoods, some sort of conspiracies that have gone into the belief system that's kind of going on at Marlena's. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I think from a reporting perspective, this was a really challenging story for you and the rest of our staff because it, it kind of got into this ch- chase of okay so this is a thing that's happening Mm -hmm. you know there's we can see the people inside the restaurant eating their you know eggs and pancakes or whatever but now what becomes the question of you know we have all of these readers saying they're uncomfortable with this happening in their community or whatever Mm -hmm. and then it sort of turned into this like alphabet soup hunt of okay, what organization does this fall under? Whose responsibility is it? And, you know, I remember you saying it just doesn't really seem like there's a a super clear chain of command, I guess, of of who to report this to. You know, all of these orders are fairly new in terms of, you know, when... Right, exactly. And and so I thought it was really interesting to see you try to, to navigate... Okay, well, who am I supposed to call? <laughs> right, <for laughs> to sure. get more info. So, so can you tell me a little bit about like what organizations did you reach out to? What was that that sort of process like? Sure. So, you know, it's funny. I've I've been the primary writer on this story, but I think that everybody on our staff has touched it. <laughs> yes. Or yeah. Made a phone call. On right. It at some point, because it's just like you yeah, take all a day hands off on deck. Somebody's right. got to call about Marlena's, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And so. Um, we, we contacted the attorney general's office. We contacted the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Um, we, of course, contacted the Allegan County Health Department, who then led us on a chase to all of these different, right. you know, local police agencies and, you know, places that they had contacted. But the one name that, that finally came out of all those phone calls ended up being the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural, Rural Development. Which is not my first thought no. <laughs> when I think of restaurants, I guess. No. I mean, it's certainly, you know, the agriculture part in terms of the, you know, g- getting crops and things sure. into food, I guess. But in terms of enforcement, you know, my mind goes to a local health department and then to some sort of policing agency, whether right. that be a sheriff's office or Michigan state police or whoever, sure. I certainly don't think of the department of agriculture yeah. as being the enforcement, you know, arm of this. Right. And it turns out there are a bunch of steps between, you know, first it was the Allegan County health department saying, you know, we're issuing you a warning. This can't be going on. Right. And then it didn't stop. And then it was, you know, we're giving you a cease and desist. And then, um, the, MDARD for simpler, you know, and, acronym and Dard, terms, right? And Dard, right? They gave the second cease and desist. Um, 
And then when those were ignored, you know, our question to MDARD was, you know... Okay, so what now? Right, like, what comes next? And then they started sort of taking action at other restaurants across the state. So we started to sort of see what that picture looked like. But in other restaurants, as we were tracking this across the state, there have been similar-ish scenarios in, in other places. We saw some enforcement action from the Michigan liquor license folks. Yes. But Marlena's does not serve alcohol. Right. So that was kind of interesting, too, to see, okay, which of these scenarios are analogous, which are mm, similar-ish, right. but different enough that it's a different agency. Yeah. It's been a little bit of a mess. It has been. It definitely has been. And eventually what ended up happening is they said, okay, we've sent the cease and desist. We've made it clear that, you know, this can't be going on. Right. Things keep escalating. Right. Sure. And then they finally said, okay, then we're going to take away your food license um and that was was that the allegan county health department that did that no that was that was okay gotcha um allegan county health department uh, apparently as we found out today they were sort of the arm of we're going to deliver the paperwork to you i see but they were not the ones responsible for we are taking so they were kind of just the messenger yes at that point um and so then it led to the culmination of what happened today in this administrative uh, tribunal is what the judge called it. Okay. Yep. And that was, oh boy, this is yet another acronym, but it was the Michigan <laughs> Department of Administrative and Hearing Oversight something. This is what we're talking like, about, alphabet <laughs> soup, you guys. I know, Shoot. Okay. I know they sort of handle the organization of, for, for several different departments in Michigan, they handle the hearing process. Okay. So today, this morning, we have... Um, the owner of Marlena's Bistro in Zoom court. Right, right. <laughs> For the first time, you know, uh, obviously, virtually. Mm-hmm. And holy moly, it was a lot. <laughs> Your whole day. Oh, five hours. Five, five hours. hours. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a court reporter. I know you have a well. Lot you're of in luck because I am. <laughs> I I am. You know, I I thought this will be 45 minutes. It'll be an hour. Right. It'll be done, and nowhere near that. Right. Um. So joining us in that meeting were um several. I mean, I think it was three or four different people from the Allegan County Health Department. Okay. And then we had a representative from MDARD, and then um I think we may actually have had a couple. Um, and so they sort of presented the, this is what we saw, this is what we experienced. And it turned out that some of the uh, representatives from the local health department had gone there almost daily in January to witness what was going on. Um, and they shared with with the court that, you know, they would go in and the wait staff weren't wearing masks and neither were the customers and there was no social distancing. But also, j- just to clarify, because today the rules changed. Right. Between... November whatever if whatever that day right. was up until today Monday mm-hmm. February 1st there was supposed to be zero people right. in that restaurant at all there was not supposed to be any dine-in service it right. was just supposed to be carry out so mm-hmm. to have anyone sitting down masked or maskless right would have been a violation of of the state order for sure and I think the emphasis today um what you could hear sort of from the um, they, they kept saying the petitioner. So MDARD would be the petitioner rather than like prosecution or anything right, like that. Right, right. So the petitioner's argument was, you know, we we understand that dine-in is allowed now. However, there's this evidence that Marlena's is still going to be a problem because they don't believe in, as we found out today, 
COVID-19, you know? Yeah, there were a couple. So I, I listened to, to most of the, the hearing with you. And mm. for, I mean, there were a lot of really notable things. But first of all, the business owner represented herself. She did not have legal counsel, she which did. was her choice. Mm-hmm. Um, that individual we talked about previously, Rick Martin from this constitutional law group was there is like a assistant, I guess. Yeah, at the very beginning, there was some conversation about whether or not he could represent her as counsel. And the judge ultimately said, you know, you're not licensed. Right, you're not an attorney. attorney Right. You know, so, you know, you can be here, you can assist her, but like you can't interrupt the hearing and you can't represent her. Um, So a lot of, you know, a lot of what was said by Marlena was sort of counseled on the side by him on her end. But she also said, um, and it wasn't just her, it was also um, Rick Martin as well. Mm -hmm. They blatantly said that they believed COVID-19 and and the pandemic itself to be a farce, that they they often referred to it as as the alleged pandemic Mm -hmm. or, you know, talked about um, some conspiracies that are are associated with the QAnon organization and referenced um, Bill Gates and and some things that just, um, you know, as someone who sat through a lot of different court hearings in her life, it was a little off the rails sometimes just in terms of procedure. It was yeah. a lot. <laughs> it was. You know, you got to ask yourself how that would have been different if it had taken place in a courtroom. Right. Um, how it would have maybe been taken a little more seriously. Um, well, I but- mean, even just, you know, at, at any point in, in a criminal proceeding, it is highly risky Mm -hmm. to represent yourself yeah for sure (laughs) um i mean just frankly because you know how a judge a judge talks and how a courtroom or any sort of formal hearing is run is not run-of-the-mill walking off the street conversation there's different terms there's certain rules in terms of what is and is not allowed sure and so many times throughout the, the five hours today um the the owner of of marlena's bistro kept saying objection Mm -hmm. which a hundred percent in in a hearing and in in a court proceeding, a representative may object, but you can't just say it. Right, <laughs> you have to you have to give some sort of um, legal reasoning behind it. So you could say um, objection, relevancy issue, or right. objection leading a witness, or objection mm-hmm. this is hearsay. You you have to back it up with some sort of. Right statement of, of why you're objecting. Sure. Um, and that was not necessarily the case in this no, hearing. You would get you would get like objection speculations, uh, you know, right. or objection, you know, hearsay. You know. Or she would or she would say objection and then ask a direct question. Yes. Which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. Right. And it was never sort of a it was never a uh, logical argument as to this is why this shouldn't be admitted. It was right. more like and you know, for the you most know. part, they were they were overruled by the judge. Yes, every single one that I admit this was five hours. Right, but every single. It's one not like you had was, like a tally exactly. tally count. Right, every single one that I heard was overruled. Yes, yeah. by the judge. Um, yes. So, I mean, it's it's difficult to talk about, you know, this five hour long thing in in just a few minutes here. But to you, what were your takeaways from the statement of, of morals, or you know, this? 
kind of stand yeah. that that the restaurant owner was trying to make today throughout the hearing. Yeah, I, you know, I think this is a little different than um, some of the other restaurants that we've seen across the state. For example, there's a All-Star Coney Island in Howell, which is where I grew up, that, uh, you know, they've had their food license suspended. And they they have been in communication with their local health department. And, hey, you know, we can't afford to be closed. Our hands are tied. You know, we're using masks. We're doing social distancing. We're trying to, you know, have some sort of capacity restrictions. We're trying to be smart about it. We can't stay closed or we're going to go out of business. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, I do feel for the businesses that are in that position. Absolutely. It's very difficult, you know, being a business reporter to talk to all these restaurant owners who are just struggling so hard. But this is sort of a totally different argument than that. This isn't, you know, we have no choice. We're strapped for cash. We, we've we been closed for so long. We have to do this. This was you have no right to tell me what to do, <laughs> you know, and, and it's hard. There's so much community support actually, you know, out there for this restaurant, sure. which is surprising. Um, you know, there's definitely been a lot of people who have commented and said, hey, you know, good for her. Stand up for your rights. Sure. I'll be there on Sunday for waiting sure. for my coffee kind of thing. Yeah. Right. But then when you listen to the argument that's being made, it's not quite what I think a lot of people think it is. You know, it's not we're a business that's struggling, we have no choice, it's, this isn't constitutional, we're not going to follow it. Well, I thought it was, it was fascinating fascinating as well. The Allegan County Health Department individuals and those MDARD representatives would say, we've observed, you know, no mask use, we've observed no social distancing. These are the factual things we have seen with our own eyeballs mm-hmm. going on in this um, restaurant. And rather than saying, well, no, that's not true. We're doing X, Y, Z mitigating factors. Every single time um, the restaurant owner was was presented with some sort of, you know, here's here's some sort of proof that this is what the executive order says. This is what we're seeing. It's the opposite right. sort of argument. I never heard her say, well, no, we're doing masks at the door or, or whatever right. it is. It was always just, can you prove to me the pandemic is rule? Like, it was this very argumentative, yeah, not directly answering the, the issues at hand kind sure. of thing. Yeah. And then, you know, once the, uh, I want to say it was the food supervisor um, who eventually, you know. From MDARD? Yeah. Okay. Who eventually said to her, you know, we're getting this from Michigan food law. Like, this right. isn't from the pandemic. The suspension of your license is, is food law. It's legislation. It's right there. Um, because a lot of her questioning was, how is this legal? Where is this legal? Point to exactly where the law gives you the right. Sure. Which has been a big argument throughout the pandemic is, you know, point me to where in the law it says you can tell me to do this. And so he did. And um, her response was, I'll see you in court. You're, but they were in yeah. court, right? They were yeah. in court? Well, I mean, the administrative tribu- tribunal, but okay. yes, it was a hearing. All it was right. a hearing with a judge. You know, and so it's it it's sort of the argument sort of sort of fell apart. Yeah, there, there just feels like some some disconnect going on between yeah. what's what's happening. Yeah, right? it's it's definitely um, it, it it reaches a point where there's really no reasoning. Yeah, it's just kind of shouting into the void on on each side. It is, yeah. it is, it definitely is. And then you know you've got Rick Martin from this this law group who is literally shouting into the void. Um, which was, again, I think probably would have been very different if this hearing had been in person. Sure, right. Um, but yes, so so now we, 
you know, both sides presented their argument. Um, Marlena's, Marlena essentially demanded you, that they cease and desist telling her that she can't, you know, run her business. And um, the prosecutor, not the prosecutor, the petitioner, uh, the lawyer for the petitioner ended up saying, hey, you know, obviously this is still going to be a problem. We have absolutely no proof that she's going to follow the rules going forward. Sure. Well, and, you know, it, it is kind of odd because we're talking about all of these rules that have then since changed today of, right. well, now they can have dine-in service, but it still is only 25% capacity. Right. There are still these rules of social distancing. So even if, yes, some limited dine-in services is allowed now in the state of Michigan, mm-hmm. the concern from from these health department individuals and from these other state officials is that if the initial orders have been disregarded, mm-hmm. chances are there's still a risk to the public because these additional expanded or <laughs> right. the new set of, right. you know, the rules keep changing, but this new set of, of the 25% capacity will also most likely not be enforced at this establishment. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, that's, that's definitely, definitely, um, what, what they're seeing here is that there's, there's no want to, to work with the local health sure. department, um, which is certainly what they try to do before they, escalate right yeah you know and so what comes next is we wait to see whether the judge you know approves the suspension of the license i would expect to see that that's the case but you know there are no guarantees so um how will we know what the judge's decision is so she will issue a written decision both to marlena and then to the petitioner side um and i'm sure we will hear through the grapevine from there okay um which way it goes and you know there are some consequences that could take place should she stay open after that are we talking fines or, or what's you know what's at stake here well it all gets more complicated once you start operating without a food license when you're operating without a food license that is that goes from Fines and, you know, civil issues, too. That's a misdemeanor. Um, so, oh, so you're talking up to 90 days in jail. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's up to 90 days in, da- in jail. It's up to $2,500 fine. Uh, it could be both. Um, so, you know, we're talking something a little bit more serious there. Right. Um, we haven't seen that action taken in any restaurants yet. We have seen one uh, that that the owner was fined okay. and held in contempt of court. Um, whether that will happen here just depends. Um, I certainly don't expect to see her close. Nothing so far has <laughs> risen to that level. Sure. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been, uh, it's been a journey. It has been <laughs> quite a journey. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your reporting on this and, and we really appreciate, you know, getting all of these updates. I know it's been a lengthy process. So thanks for your reporting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see what the judge decides. Yeah. All right. And with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. This has been from the newsroom from the Holland Sentinel. Bye.